want to talk about so badly that you text me emergency podcast while I'm driving home from work. <laughs> you know, I've never received so many texts in a, in a car trip than when from the moment I left work today at about 4.30 and the time I got home. My phone was just buzzing the entire time. As you know, I work from home or currently my home. Former home? Yeah, I work at my parents, Mike and Bonnie's, right? I mean, I'm always gone. Four o'clock, sometimes 3.30. Mom, hope you're not listening. Sometimes two. If I can get away with it, away I go. I'm just kidding. I do hard work. But the point is, is it's like 4.40 and she's downstairs in the office. She's like, are you going home at all? And I was like, Mom, I can't handle this right now. It's like, I can't be driving right now. I can't drive right now. I can't drive. I literally didn't want to leave the office because of the fact that I didn't want to have to waste eight fucking minutes because I live eight minutes from work. So I didn't want to waste eight minutes of not being able to respond or something, <laughs> retweet or whatever the fuck I wanted to I do. I just can't believe I missed it. I can't believe it happened to me when I was in the car. Oh, it did. It was actually in the car when you found out. I was probably two minutes out of the parking lot at work. <laughs> two minutes and I got the first text. I wish it was me. I feel badly that it wasn't me because I was tracking on board right away. But I mean, like, I was already getting fucking messages from everyone and fucking, hey, what's your thoughts? Hey, mostly people congratulating me. Congratulating for being right? No, no, <laughs> Cause no. Because this is no. some level of vindication no. for you. Because there was, the, I believe that last year there was a take that you had. I can't remember if it was after the playoff elimination or it was some point during the season when the when the we first began talking about a potential Babcock firing. And you had said that, which is why we're here, by the way. He has that been you fired. said they're going to fire him. Keith's going to take over. So I guess that's two things that you're right about. And then, but the third hot take you had was, and they'll win the cup. I still stand by that. I am yeah, back. Why not? I am back on. You're two for three. Might as well shoot for the third. Yeah, but here's the thing. I mean, thank you, but <laughs> I, like those things aren't like oh, like Coleman's this genius or anything. Like that's not the point. I mean, in my opinion, it was it was seemingly obvious. I thought it was very obvious, and then I thought by like with every single game that went by, it became more and more obvious to the point that it became painful. And then it became painful to me as a fan who was literally on the edge. Like, you know, you've known me for many years, dude. Like, I was fucking done. I was beaten down and I was done. Like, I had nothing left to fucking even care about anymore. I still wore, you know, my leaf hoodie and I have a leaf toque. It's not about that. Like, I wore my clothes. But, like, I didn't wear my jerseys for the games. I, I, I... You're the type of guy who wears his fandom on his face. Like, oh. I can tell. And, well, we've been doing this show for over a year, man. Like, that's probably the one thing that you've gotten hot about a lot, and obviously more so in recent weeks. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm wrong already in the fact that just last week on the show, I said I figured they'd still have to be in a similar position in around, like, late December, Christmas for them to pull the trigger. But... That was before Saturday night. Okay, I'll give you Saturday night, but I Saturday just, night was a was a cry for help. Yeah, but listen, Saturday night I will give you I will give you Saturday night as a small not crutch, but a good argument because you can say that it was 
the straw that broke the camel's back or the final straw or whatever you want to, you know, spin it as. But realistically, in my estimation, that was just the, the final point where you could be like, if you were me, you could be like, can't you see this? Like, what are you waiting for? Like, it's been going on for so long. And that's the only part of vindication I think actually does exist in the sense where now, if you really look back and consider it, hopefully you're a fan that can see both sides. Like if you think Babcock being fired wasn't necessarily a great idea, just you fucking wait. But my, <laughs> but my point is, is you can hopefully objectively look back at what has transpired since this team suddenly had expectations. And furthermore, I think that began in that 2017, 2018 season. I know it's unfair, but these guys, the core, they, they showed us, they showed us what they could do. And then it was Washington in that series. And I was just watching those highlights recently for a fucking moment of happiness or a thought of happiness. I was watching old leaf highlights and that team was so exciting. And I, it, it showed me a future. And then the future became what we've just seen for the last, like basically 80 plus regular season games. The team has been trash and that is going to end. It is going to end. I hope probably so. tomorrow. It has to. I mean, they basically, that's the, the, the unfortunate thing when the coach goes, right? It's one of those situations where it's like, we well, can't just get a new team and more so for the Maple Leafs considering their current cap constraints. There, there's not help coming. I, I know people like to fantasize about potential trades. Like I'm not really one of those guys who, who spends a lot of time doing that. No, but there's not any help coming. And if we don't they need to do pull anything off, it's going to, it's going to take a lot. So this is, this is what happens, right? This is what happens. The coach, you got to shake things up, but I, you know, I, and obviously I don't have a whole lot to support this, but it's not just some certain guys. I think, who don't like Mike Babcock? Like you hear the stories about Modano, and you hear Commodore has the oh, you know Commodore. Things. Those are just the guys with some public profile who don't mind speaking out. Yeah, that's true, right? So, you know, that might be me reading into it too much, but the cool thing that I heard back from some of the the guys who played for Sheldon that I reached out to was that they, you know, the one guy said, "I've never." I've never played with a guy who didn't enjoy playing for him. Oh, so that player kind of speaking for others unofficially. Just saying, yeah, he's basically, I've played with a bunch of guys and they all Everyone go loved the wall. playing for 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 Keith and that's a, actually that reminds me of a quote uh I think Rich Clune was the Clune. one who said it. The Rich Clune he said quote. I go through the end boards for him, which you got to think that could uh create a large cultural shift in that dressing room. So it's going to be like our, our impending cup, our cup that's fucking coming <laughs> that you that we're planning to pray for. Well, maybe this year, my buddy texted me today, Shane. He's like, are you back on the parade train? I texted back. I'm driving it. Like I'm driving it again. Now I went from, I went from, don't talk to me about the Leafs. <laughs> I don't even want, Hey dude, I'm telling you right now. I'm so excited. This happened. Let's go because I can show you the evidence in my group chat when the boys were like, so Coley, what do you think the next pod is going to look like? And I'm like, guys, I, I, I'm wondering what's going to happen. 
because I think Lesko is going to be upset with me when I straight up tell him that I don't want to do a Leaf segment. <laughs> I'm not interested. I don't want to hear even, what you. I, don't I was even hear. thinking about. Uh, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about what are you going to do. How much I, I was kind of putting it off because I was like, well, "Fuck, nothing's changed for the Leafs." What are we week. going to talk? What about? are we going to talk about? Well, everything's the same. In fact, th- things are worse because Saturday things are worse. <laughs> In fact, things are worse. things are actually worse. Well, and then the Vegas game, yeah, which I remember seeing some comments online and some quotes from former Leaf coaches that were like, "You know, we took some positives, like all this stuff," and it was like, "No, it's not about taking. We're we're done taking positives, man. We've had like three years. Well, to they're take all some positives." They, We've turned them all into negatives. I've, you, or we turned. Them. In this certain situation when everybody's in like full-on crisis mode, it seems like we don't want to hear that crap. We don't want to hear the, well, you know, uh, thought we worked hard tonight. and like, But all the guys got to say it. Like, the, you know, the, the John Tavares, the Austin Matthews. Like, know, they got to play know, that game too. We're like, well, you know, just got to get it going and dig deep and put our heads down, go to work. Like, And as a fan, you're like, for fuck's sakes. Like, and they can't say anything more. I understand that probably no, no, because no. they don't want to cause an uproar. I don't really tend to watch that stuff. I really don't actually. I only watch it so that I can have a handle on when someone says to me, man, did you see how pissed off John Tavares looked in his interview? I can <laughs> be like, yeah, well, which, they lost. Which no like, one said that ever because he's the most unemotional robotic dude. Yeah, on you're the right. Bad example. But you know what I'm saying? I was just him like, mad. Him extremely furious looks the same as him elated. <laughs> Man, I, you know what? I'm really glad that all along you haven't, like you personally, haven't necessarily just agreed 100% with me and shared shared my emotional sentiment on the issue. Like you had good objective reasoning to say to me, yes, but here's the thing. He, they've, they're going to give them another week or they're going to give them the road trip or they're going to give them the season or you know what I mean? You were you had points like a lot of both. There were two sides to it, right? Yeah. Most recently, I was thinking the road trip would have been the time of no. Time I, frame. Yeah, I know. But I, all I'm saying is along the way, like if you and I were both on the same page, where like I, we thought it was immediately needing to happen, and I'm not, I'm not saying that you didn't think that. I'm just saying right. you brought about good points. We would along both the way. just shove, we would have shoved that in the mics every week, but it would have been annoying. It, I, it would have been annoying. At least we can debate about it with one another. Counterbalance, I, I think, creates good podcasting. But at this point in time, I mean, I keep I bring it back to you. That you're saying, well, this is vindication for you, and you feel great. It's not even about that. It's just I believe in what Dubis has been doing. I believed in what Shanahan was doing when he brought Babcock in and then they brought Kyle in and then he brought Sheldon in. And I was like, man, this is beginning to look like an organizational like group of eliteness. And here we go. Here we go. And succession and then it just kind of, it just, just kind of went off the rails a little bit. It's fine. We, it's we've, fine. We fixed we it. Him, well, and Babcock was the right coach at that time when they brought him in. It's not as if it's a situation where like, oh, they never should have fucking hired this guy, right? I mean, he deserved the job. He's the right man for the job. He changed the culture of this he team. Did. And, he did. And, uh, you know, took them through what was a very short-lived, painful period before they had gotten to a point where they were back in the playoffs. Well, I mean, it's unfortunate. And here's the thing. I don't ever want to be... Like, I know that this is a generally a positive thing. I'm wearing my jersey. 
Well, I mean, I've worn my jersey in over not, a fucking month, and now I'm wearing it. It's not necessarily positive because it's it's the, still the same team playing tomorrow night. Yeah, it's right? a result of a bad thing. I mean, we we saw we saw some pretty abysmal hockey when that team pretty much gave up on a night too, where they had Kasky Swole come up from Pitts uh, up against Pittsburgh. I mean, that's a tough first start and everything, but I feel like the team most definitely could have given a bit more effort in that game. But holy crap, uh, that changed everything. And by the sounds of things, based on what Shanahan said in his presser just, uh, you know, not even an hour ago, was that, uh, I believe he said 48 hours ago, we had the discussion that had been ongoing for a couple of weeks. So, and then Shanahan decided to fly out to Arizona in order to meet with Babcock personally. How do you think that goes? You want to be a fly on the wall in there? Most definitely. Because it sounded... I mean, obviously, Shannon's going to be pissed off. Like, it's it's a bad day. Like, it, overall, it's a bad day. Yeah. Right? Like, the fact that you have to fire a coach in November. He might have known in the back of his mind, yeah, I'm probably going to have to let him go at some point. But uh, under these circumstances, this early in the season, he probably, he probably didn't see that coming. And it's tough. Good on him for coming down too. He said I hired him, so I wanted to come down here and and true, very and true. Talk to him myself. Plus, I don't. It think... was probably a tough conversation though, because Babs is like, he's so committed and he's so he's got a, such a huge ego. Like, I I I don't know, can't imagine he argued with them because what do you do? You can't really. Yeah, you but, can't talk it, your way I, out of it. I I believe that he's the type of guy who probably let you know how he feels about it. Yeah, that's why I want to be on the wall. Right. So, I almost want to be on the wall in case there's any sort of emotional response. You know, like, yeah, yeah good luck with your Wonder Boy or something like that, you know? Yeah, like crazy. some shade, some shade, just a little bit of shade. That's all we're looking for. Well, it's, it's not <laughs> as if Mike Bobcock threw any shade, but it is we could read into his statement, which I'm going to read right now for our listeners out there, um, and we can kind of talk about it. Uh so he said Larry Larry Tannenbaum talked him into going to Toronto and uh, he never would have gone there if until he met Larry. He says he's one of the finest people I ever met and yeah, um, then goes on to mention Lou Lamorello, uh, kind of taking the team from where it was to a 100-point season was the, another point he made, uh, talking about setting records. And then he also uh, singled him Mo- Morgan Riley, who he said had been there the whole time he was there. But other than that, there was nothing to Shanny, and there was nothing to Kyle Dubas. No mention of those guys or Matthews or Marner. Not saying he has to rhyme off every guy, but what do you think about that? Well, I think it's interesting that, like, okay, so over the last week or so, I've been relating the Shanahan-Babcock connection to the Old Boys Club, which was made famous in Edmonton. Right between Bob Nicholson and well, and how Craig, the Leafs Craig were Mattel. running forever, basically. Yeah, so like, but that was just the one connection. There was the Shanny Babcock connection, and it was it was dooming this team, or I at least believed it to be dooming this team. Just because Sheldon was hired today and Babs was fired doesn't mean that I was correct. Sure, I was correct that that was going to happen, but that was an obvious prediction. Like, it wasn't like I went out of left field there. What my next prediction is is that we're going to be amazing. I believe the team is going to be incredible, starting as early as tomorrow night. Because he's It's not necessarily a hot take because they're already massively underperforming, right? Fine. But I'm talking about a complete 180, bro. Like people, analysts alike and other fans and whatever, they're all talking about, listen, the same team is going to be iced tomorrow in Arizona. So what what really can change? And all I can say 
is fucking dedication, motivation, other things that end in Asians, like just all kinds of them, you know, tenacious yeah. play, defending your teammates, like having a backbone. Like I literally, uh, yeah. I think these teams are going to do, or these things are going to develop within within games or periods or fucking shifts. It might take because some time, of this man. but the good thing is a lot of these guys were coached by him. And like I said, you know, some of the guys I talked to even said how popular he was, you know, as a, a coaches or players coach, as they like to say. But uh, it, it's pretty exciting because his story is incredible. We've talked about it a lot before, you know, buying a junior A team here in Pembroke, coaching it to multiple championships and a national title, going to the Sioux, links up with Dubis, goes to the to the AHL, wins a Calder Cup, and now he's in the NHL, what, two years removed from that Calder Cup win. It's pretty impressive. And I, I don't really... But he's I, never I, coached at the NHL level. I don't really level. buy into that about the never coached in the <laughs> NHL level. We've seen coaches come in and win Stanley Cups, uh, having never coached in the NHL and being brought in mid-season. Not saying that's where, this is, where I think this is going, but that's just my point about it doesn't matter if, oh, you've never coached in this league before. Because let's be honest, let's look at Sheldon's track record. Never coached junior A hockey. How'd that go? Wonderful. Never Five coached in, a row in, never coached in the OHL before. Did just fine at that. Last to first. Goes to uh, goes to the HL. Never coached there before. Calder. Went fine. So <laughs> With some guys that play I right don't, now. I don't think that's a legitimate concern. I don't think whether or not you coached in a, a particular league is any indication of your coaching abilities. And I'd say that for any coach in any league. In any sport. A yeah, coach, yeah, I can a, probably say that too. A coach yeah. of a team in a sport is unified by its coach. Now, I'm not saying Mr. Peewee hockey coach, who coaches his son, can go coach in the NHL, but you get my point to an extent, obviously. Yeah, no, no, to, yeah but you have to, like, just because certain people have that innate ability, Lesko, to be a good coach and be a good leader and and have your players really, really respect you and want to do their best for you and almost be disappointed in themselves, Lesko, for letting you down. Not for letting me down. Oh, I didn't score a goal tonight. I'm disappointed. No, I'm actually disappointed because I had a couple of turnovers. We ended up losing in overtime and I lost my guy. I had a pretty poor game and I'm not really happy about letting Babcock down or, or Sheldon down or whoever your fucking coach is for whatever sport, like you want to go back out there and respond correctly and have a ga the game of your, of the season or your life or whatever, you know, just, just give it your best shot every single time your skates hit the ice. And we weren't seeing that from the Leafs, from a lot of their players that even if they go at 75%, they're probably still better than a lot of the rosters that they would see, like the competition that they would see on a nightly basis. I'm better than you, mm -hmm. but I don't want to be better than you today. And I, I do. I think that that's a, a, a significant reflection of a relationship between a player and a coach. It can be. And I think there's a lot to be made of the relationship between the uh, the coach and the GM. I mean, it's it's been clear for a while that there's a, probably a, a large gap in philosophy between Kyle Dubas and Mike Babcock. And we do know that Sheldon's his guy and that throughout their careers together they've clearly seen eye to eye um and then that's resulted in in a lot of success so you, you only hope they can continue to replicate that at the nhl level 
Well, I mean, they, they're on the same page. They believe in the same philosophy. And you know what? Maybe they're wrong. Maybe they don't end up winning ever. And this whole experiment was just an almost that never was. Maybe we make a conference Yeah, but final it was the or, right call. It was the yes. right call at this time. It, need, it needed to be done. And, you know, even after the, the Pittsburgh debacle, it seemed that the idea of, that Mike Babcock could be fired like imminently started to bleed into the mainstream uh, journalists and pundits I found started talking about it a lot more, but as er- as late as yesterday, I guess, I think it was LeBron uh, was on TSN radio and he's like, he thought, you know, perhaps at the end of the trip, he didn't think at all that it was imminent. And, and you're, you're, that's funny too. At that point, you're looking at gaps in between the schedule and you're trying to figure out, okay, well, there's a couple of days <laughs> off between those games that could do it then. Like, what's the, what's the ideal timeline here? Well, that's kind of what I was saying to you on the phone. Of course, like you and I had a telephone conversation as you were driving home based on the news and yeah, emergency pod, fucking get over here as soon as you can. But, you know, I mean, it was, it was shocking, but not, not so shocking. You know, you could kind of see the writing was on the wall and I don't know. I think it's just a real exciting, it's just an exciting time for the It gives you a bit of hope. I mean, like I said, it does. this team is, it's not just one or two things we're talking about here. Like the team is, you know, bordering on abysmal right now. You know, one of the worst penalty kills in the league. They gave up two fucking power play goals last night and they have one of the worst power plays as well which is completely unacceptable given the level of talent on this team well we're gonna see some changes uh, what are oh, you i'm well, really excited to see some I, changes. i'm expecting lineup blender for one yeah and i think the depth chart is going to change here because i believe that probably dubas and sheldon as well have different perceptions of the players that are available to them uh, I, I really expect to see uh some like a change in what we perceive the depth chart to be currently based on the way Babcock has everyone laid out. Like I see guys like, I know Spezza currently right now due to injuries is playing a more prominent role, but I see him playing a more prominent role under a guy like Keith. Yeah. Well, there's going to be significant turnover. If not this season, well, absolutely next season, let's go. We're losing a bunch of our back end. So that goes without saying, but why not? test the test the waters why not test your theories out like do they not like are they not getting together in a room somewhere let's go and like kind of quietly being like yes yes you know here we go we got it like it's ours like this we run the leafs we we dude they 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 work on a we system okay it's gonna be so unreal. Well, instead of this weird fucking love triangle that was going on between yeah, Dubis, uh, Shanny, and Babcock, like there, Babcock did have a lot of a lot of sway in how that team was run and uh, you know how the personnel decisions were made. And I think that was part of the deal he made when he came over here in the first place. But um, you got to give credit to Shanny. I mean, he's always evolving. The Shanna plan continues to evolve. Like I said, I'm sure he wouldn't have predicted things would go down with Mike Babcock this way. Well, not, not when it started. And I saw an interesting tweet not that long ago, just before we started to air, uh, about when he said, uh, I've got, I've got seven years after this, and then I'm going to stay for two more because the team is going to be that good. <laughs> Right now, the team is going to be that good, Mike, but you're going to miss out on it. And it's really it is a shame. Again, I, I kind of breezed over a point that I wanted to say earlier, 
by no means necessary am I kicking a man when he's down, dancing on his grave, being happy that, you know, he's lost his job. Financially speaking, he still gets his money. Oh, he's fine. Yeah. So it's not like that's an issue. But, you know, he lost his job and that's not something that I root for. I know people will say, yeah, but you want a Babs Fire. It's just, it's I, I just want the, co- yeah, I just want business. the coaching change. It's unfortunately that has to come at a man or woman's, uh, well, because ideally cost. we wouldn't be in this situation. The team would be humming along as everyone predicted. Yeah. And we everyone, wouldn't, we wouldn't be having this discussion with that kind of intensity. I mean, there'd still be, you know, the odd time or things, you know, we always, we've always talked about little things that, frustrated us in the way that he's deployed his players and go on forever. It's but literally, hey, the cool thing is we're, we, like I was pretty sick of talking about it. So aren't you a little bit glad that it's over? Yeah, of course. I can't wait to move. Like now I'm, I'm so interested in watching the game tomorrow to see how the Sheldon Keefe era starts. Do they, do they have morning skate tomorrow? Do you, or do you think that's canceled? Save the players from the, the media thing, or do they do morning skate or at least, something where they're at the rink so a few of them can address it and get it get it put it to bed and go play maybe an optional skate but then seven then nobody's coming no no because no. they know the no fucking... but let me finish my sentence an optional skate where seven of the guys are told that it's not optional <laughs> but it's optional to you know what i mean basically like, all the guys that want uh, that the no, media but, want to hear from yeah but basically then the fans us fans are like oh wow matthews and riley and taveras all chose went to the option exactly <laughs> that's a good way to spin it from a pr oh, perspective wow. see fuck hire this guy leaves right? held an optional skate idea. today and all their core players showed up to address the babcock issue it wasn't yeah. an optional fucking no, the, practice no they call yeah the, or just straight up they called optional wasn't optional whatsoever and the whole fucking team is there on Power the play, ice everything. on the ice before the coach shows up <laughs> fucking doing suicides on a knee down in the corner with a fucking <laughs> with the whiteboard yeah he comes out and just give him the marker <laughs> Um, so, so basically, <laughs> you know, what really excites me, dude, I cannot wait to hear Sheldon address the media for the first time. That'll be tomorrow as Wear, well, I guess, yeah, in the morning. Wearing the uh, leaf, wearing the leaf Jackie there. I'm really pumped because I know he's going to be like, you know, saying something along the lines of like, you know, all the all the texts and emails and sub- messages that I've received from everyone, th- you know, thanking everyone. That's going to be me. I'm going to be in that. I'm going to be a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, just fired him a t-bomb his, immediately his phone was probably blowing up fired him a t-bomb immediately i'm like yo bud like congratulations man leafs nation is a hundred percent behind you like let's go let's Those go times. I, I i'm definitely most intrigued by the lineup so there's a number of current maple leafs that uh he has coached including nylander kapanen hyman jansen goche moore timishov patan Engvall, that long neck giraffe guy who just came up. It's like six five too. I didn't even uh, make that noise. Hall. What did you say? That long, big giraffe neck. Guy. Long long neck giraffe guy. I see a couple of like gifs or whatever of like just a just a forever never ending neck. <laughs> yeah, I saw the Simpsons one where he's like it's one of that trios of horrors and he's got uh He's like Elastic Boy or something. And he stretches his neck out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry to interrupt. Sorry. So what were you out there, like nine? Yeah, something like that. And then Hall, Dermot, Marinson, and Cassie Swall. Wow. And he also played against Jason Spezza as Scott Wheeler, or sorry, Kevin McGrand so graciously pointed out on Twitter. Interesting. That's a lot of connections, bro. And, and if you noticed, the people that 
or the names that you didn't clarify just then are all of our quote unquote elite superstar players. Yeah, with the exception of Neilander, I guess you could say. Okay, but he's still we we anticipate that he's going to be a very talented very high skill player, you know what I mean? Like he's not going to be a fucking third fourth line guy. Willie's top mm-hmm. 6. So everyone that you didn't mention is in our top 6. You got the Matthews, the Marners, the Neilanders, the Rileys of the world. Like these guys are like should be plug and play. Like once you get your once you get your system in in order and your players behind you and everyone buying into the system and buying into everything that you're selling, everything, then those superstar players are just going to go out and do superstar-like things because everything else is going to fall into place. You got a guy like Hyman. (laughs) Hyman doesn't really... I don't think Hyman needs to be motivated beyond anything that he can do within his own self. Yeah, well, no one's looking at Zach Hyman like that guy's not trying hard enough. Yeah, exactly. He's dragging his ass. He's Mister Try Hard. Yeah, exactly. This guy probably tries like the same amount of like gives it his all in practices. He's one of those tryhards. Dump it in, grind it out in like three on two drills. Yeah, well, grind it out. The D. Well, clearly he should be putting enough uh, more more pressure on the D to help them figure it out in their own zone. So do you think we see like a, a you know, uh, uh, an immediate change in ice time usage for the players. We see so, an uptick and and maybe uh, T, like TOI. I, I yeah, time wise for guys like Matthews Tavares. I mean, I think so, but I don't necessarily think that that is going to be like the goal. I don't is, know enough about how he coaches to say, but I I'm just thinking of some of the trends that you know Mike Babcock kind of had instilled. I wonder what we're going to see immediate diversions from well so here's what i was going to say in response to your toi question specifically the time on ice i don't necessarily know if we're going to see like this huge uptick in numbers for a guy like matthews or Tavares or marner whatever the case may be it might happen naturally but i think at least for the first while we're going to see a little bit of experimentation with what he wants to see. Like, why would he just come in and continue doing the same thing? So we're going to see a little bit of a changing of the guard. So for the yeah, first... You're not necessarily going to jump into a drastic shift, right? No, no, you don't want to change everything around, but I think you make some subtle movements here and there. And I think mostly, dude, it's more for me about the deployment. So instead of like what Babcock loves to do, it's well-documented. Putting, putting fourth, fourth line, line after, after getting goal. scored on. Or scoring like, a goal. That, he did that last night. Or scoring a goal. He does it both ways. Whether we score or they score, that, that line goes on following the, when the puck was He loves the goat so yeah, much. Which is fine and everything, but I just believe that the, the time on ice statistic might not be as skewed as some of the fans want it to be, but correct deployment will be what matters in the end. Like, like better situational placement. Yeah. I just, I just always wondered why a team this talented, it was so hung up on fucking line matching. Well, it lost us the series last year. That's I've been complaining about it the well, entire time. That's what we said after the series was he got fully out coached and that he sucked him into playing his fourth fourth line more than they should have. I know, and then they went back to Boston and just dictated lines from there was, yeah, as it was, well. It was brutal, brutal the way they got out coached. <laughs> so I don't think things like that are going to happen to us. And I and I again the other thing I told you on the phone. I'm glad I remembered it now. Was I can't believe that I'm hearing so many, um, you know, paid analysts, people that get paid to talk about what we're getting talk, what we're talking about right now. We get jack shit, which we deserve but like you know they're they're i can't believe that i'm hearing so many of them saying 
well, you know, uh, I guess it was inevitable. I think it's still a little early. I'm surprised. Like, I heard a lot of the word early and I was like, excuse me? Like, it is late. Like, we almost waited too long. We it, almost waited too long. It really is one of those depends who you ask type things, right? We may have waited too long. Sorry, let me clarify. I, we're not out of the fucking woods by no, any means here. No, obviously not. The team's in a terrible situation right now. We may have waited too long, but I, I, I firmly believe that we're going to be amazing. I've already said it. I'm on record all over the place saying that actually someone took a screenshot so that they can laugh at me when I'm wrong. But I said, <laughs> I said, and wouldn't I be the first I, time that's happened. No, of course not. Sure. I believe on the podcast, I even said, it, I said, Sheldon or the Leafs will have the best record in the NHL from the moment he takes over until the end of that season, whatever it may be. And remember at the time I said, if that means we lose in the playoffs and then Babs gets fired and Sheldon has a full year, then we'll win the president's trophy. I think I fucking said it last podcast. I think anyway, point is I still stand by that shit. I think he's, I think we're going to be unbelievable, unbelievable. Like starting ASAP. Maybe after this road trip. I will give Sheldon yeah. this no, road trip. There's nothing to, to tell it out, us kinda. that, though. It's weird, though, that, that he's got to start on the road like, and there's then nothing, come home. Like right now, there's the, there's the excitement of the change and the interest and the little bit of hope it gives you, but there's not a lot else to go off of. Yeah, but there is, dude. Like, I'm telling you, man, that 2016 season is more than enough for me to go off of because, I, and I'm not kidding. So, so maybe what we'll see then in a, a drastic diversion from the Babcock era is the leashes coming off a little bit. Absolutely. Like That's maybe not dumping be... in the puck nine times Man. out of 10. Let's go. Maybe letting, be so creative, letting uh, Tyson Berry and, and Riley activate a little more, which I believe we did see uh Saturday night and uh, against Vegas. I really noticed that as well. Uh, jump, those guys really jumping into the rush. You know, one thing that I think may have actually really helped, accelerate this decision to swap coaches here or switch coaches, the Tyson Berry factor. And they I sure think, weren't getting anything out of them. No, 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 no. I think the whole like, okay, he's not actually asking for a trade, but he kind of did, or his agent called and said, guys, well, what was this that, isn't that, working. That thing he said the other day about changes coming or something like that. Well, I don't know. What, uh, Barry? I, there, was, there was a quote from Barry that, that seemed as if to suggest that that's when those rumors uh, started the other day when people were like, well, uh, oh yeah, I've heard he's received calls on him and people started looking into the idea that the Leafs could trade him. Well, here's my, my, my response to what you were saying when recently when Barry was more active and you know skating around a little bit more. It, it may have come to the point where Barry and or and slash or his agent were like, you know what, guys? Fuck you both. My client is going to play hockey out there. My client is done with this whole fucking game that is costing him millions of dollars in the bank. So when the puck drops starting Saturday or whatever the timeline was, my client's going to have fun playing hockey the way he wants to. He has to, you know what I mean? Like he has to audition here. He probably had one of his best games of a Leaf, as a Leaf against Vegas the other day. And Sorry, he was yesterday. skating around. Only yeah, he was, he was only free watched last so half. So I think there. we can definitely expect to see the leashes come off a bit, which is great because we, you know, we've talked about before how Bobcock's system can appear to stifle some creativity out there. Well, that's been my number one complaint for a long time. Was well, two things were motivation and creativity, and I think that those two were actually connected to one another because if you're 
in a position where you're unable to really show your creative ability, then where is your motivation? They appeared to have changed the way they played in that Pittsburgh game. Like they were they were different early on. Now they lost they lost that game really quickly in the first period. So it wasn't all that noticeable because it only happened for the first five minutes maybe where you could tell that the D were activated a little bit, um, joining the play, kind of rushing down as a unit. <sighs> all right. Well, this is great. I mean, I again, I, I really don't want to confuse my excitement level with the fact that someone ended up losing their job. It's too bad. My thing is basically wrapped up in a nice little bow and fucking said, Hey, he did, on it. he did fucking, he did great for the Maple Leafs. Like there's no question about it. And it's, it's not a matter of him not being a good coach. It's just him being not the right. It's coach. just not the right coach at this time. It's just, it's changed. Right. So do we want to fire up something else now? You want to talk hall of fame or some of the other recent stories or, it's just going to be just a, a whole episode of you professing your, your feelings. <laughs> um, I could tell you how I'm feeling again. I feel great. Um, no, we're going to eventually have uh, Alex Hobson, former uh, guest on the program, back on the Pucks and D podcast probably in like, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes. He's probably just basically going to call me and I'm just going to answer and just we'll talk to him about it. We're just really freewheeling. Very informal podcast. Emergency podcast. Emergency podcast. Emergency podcast. We got a little bit of prep going on, so you can fire off whatever you want. Basically, well, whenever he shoots me a text, I'm gonna probably go yeah, okay. I'm just Sounds gonna good. probably Sounds call good. him and say, "Here he is. What's well, I, up, man?" I, I did want to. Uh, I did want to give a shout out, obviously, to Haley Wickenheiser because, man, I. You forget, you know, we were how well we were because she played like women's hockey for Canada forever majority of our lives like <laughs> I, I it was what 93 to 2017 i believe she played yeah so that's she was crazy. a teenager and uh and unreal she had 379 points in 276 career games wow which is unbelievable uh four gold medals four gold medals all the from, gold medals from the olympics <laughs> in, in case you haven't heard of it uh 13 world championships paltry that's fucking unbelievable only 13? i don't care who you are man woman whatever it doesn't <laughs> matter that's that's incredible right so and she's actually the leafs player development coach right now which well, is kind of cool another another hall of fame member add her to the list add her to the list right future hall of fame coach mike babcock on the list on the list <laughs> gone but you know will forever be on the list yeah but wickenheiser anyways. dude my favorite thing about Wickenheiser, hands down, was the quote after the 2010, 2010 I think. Salt Lake? I think, no, yeah. No, that was Vancouver. No, oh yeah, 20, 2002. Oh my goodness. No, 2002. 2002, yeah. Because Canada won first time yep, in yep, 50 yep. years. And then when the Americans lost to the uh, to Canada in the gold medal game, they interviewed Haley, like basically right off the fucking right ice. off the ice she was she was huffing and puffing and she's like they had our flag in their dressing room on the floor before the game and now i want to ask them and she looks right into the camera i want to ask them if they want us to sign it like <laughs> what a chirp show like yeah. that's my favorite memory of her i remember watching so that, that story um that story is like fabricated too like that never happened are you sure i was yeah. reading something about so that so I've, I've seen um 
I've seen Ray Ferraro tweet about it a couple of times, and he's married to Cayman Granado. Oh, yes. Right, okay. who was who there, right? Oh, for the USA. So apparently there's no truth that it's actually happening. But I want to know, I guess the real story for me is who came up with that and told them that? Genius. Because that was genius. It was genius. The fucking motivation <laughs> that you got those ladies, like as if you're not fired up enough for this huge Canada-US showdown. They're shading at American you. soil, yeah. right? Like They're throwing shade over there. Girls. Yeah, like I wonder if it was the coach or like it would be interesting for someone to track down the people who were around at the time and see if you could get some answers yeah. to find out, well, who the fuck made that up then if it's if it's not true? So we're buying into that it is made up 100%? Well, why would you say it was if it... Why would you admit it? Well, yeah, because it is kind of shitty, it's right? It's a shitty thing to do. And it if is kind of shitty. If, even if you didn't agree... I just believe Ray Ferraro because he I know. seems like... I'm not, no, but, no, I'm not saying he's lying. But his wife could be lying. What are That's <laughs> kind of what I mean, maybe. And I'm not calling her a liar. I'm just saying, no, I like... Won- I wonder. You know... Maybe if you're even if you weren't on board with it and you were like, I've oh, seen ladies, this is really well. not classy, you know, and they're like, fuck them. They're so fucking arrogant. And then you're just like, whatever. Like, yeah, you know? it's a weird like uh, hockey lore story kind of thing now. Yeah, true. Because well, it was it was so fucking either way. Ago. It didn't affect my perception of Haley saying that at the time, because at the time in 2002, of course, you took it as truth right well, I, so, I remember watching them win it too in in 2002 and how yeah. exciting it was because it was the first like uh olympic gold medal they had they had won right the first time they had beat the u.s in like several years yeah and it was our first one in 50 the men yeah it was it was incredible because the women were on before the men yeah it might have been the day before the even. day before i remember yeah. watching it and of course because then they the, went into the dressing room and left a note for the men and they left something little and a note, like the puck from their game and a note that all it said was um, your turn or something. And it was Haley who delivered the message to our Canadian boys. Did you watch any of the Hall of Fame game or the ceremonies or anything oh, like that? Oh, no. No, I, I Big wish... Big Matts was there. I wish I would. I, I just... I watch too much hockey, dude, and like I get in shit. I can't like, I, you know what I mean? Like, babe, I love you. It was you. a Leaf game. Though. I love you. I'm not talking. I know, but it's like when they're doing speeches and stuff, like it's just, it, it ends up they being just brought every them out on the ice. Night. I don't think it was a whole thing or any, it was just, at least from what I saw, they just, Oh, you're brought, talking about the, Oh, I thought you were talking about the ceremonial about, puck drop. Yeah, but and I thought Haley, you were Haley asking dropped me. the puck. I watched that. Right? I thought you were no, asking didn't me watch about that. the induction. No, I didn't watch that shit. Okay. That's well, boring. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I'd watch her speech though. That's I, what did, I'm saying, I didn't see like, it. I didn't watch it today, but I saw the video clip up on TSN players going into the hall now, like with each year in the last few years and in the, in the next few years, they're all going to be players that like we grew up watching. Yeah, for sure. Like, because you know I, mean? I guess the big lock for, for the next batch is going to be Jerome McGinley. Oh, Jerome, by the sounds for of things. sure. But, but none others that I saw people bring up right away. I saw some, some people mention Alfredson. Ooh. Yeah. But Alfie would be when you put him up against Jr. Yeah, J, JR might be a. What if you put him up against? Be a good one. What if you put him up against? They're talking about Marion Hosa. Talking about McGillney again. Marion Hosa. Marion Hosa, I think, might be. Might be. Man, Hosa should a be a lock. One. I, like, he's got a few cups. I think he has three cups. Yeah. They said on the radio he's got over 500 goals, 1,500 games played in the NHL. And he was he was unreal the whole time, pretty much. He was in the NHL. And they made a really good point. And I hate to regurgitate it, but I have to because. It's such a solid point. If it weren't for the award for the Selkie, 
like specifically or exclusively being given to centermen. Hosa would have won a pile of them. Yeah, he was an unreal two way. He player. was. Yeah, he was. Like I mean, he wasn't always about elite though. offensively, and then and then right in your back pocket defensively. Do you, do you remember though when he first started out with Ottawa? That he was just he was oh, just go- soft. He was a lot smaller then. Yeah, too. he was. Yeah, when true. he was like, I believe he would have been like eighteen or nineteen when he yeah. first came up with the Senators. He could snipe. But, oh yeah, but that was the only aspect to his game. But he, and he was clutch. As, as he talk about a player clutch. who evolved for sure, because he was. Uh, I, I say when he come came out of Atlanta at that point, he was uh, just a well rounded superstar. Oh, for sure, could play both ends of the ice very strongly. Uh, but anyway, yeah, back to the list. Another good one, uh, Theo Fleury. Yeah, Theo Fleury is a good one. If you he know? wasn't like so shitty, what do you mean? Just shitty person. Is he a shitty person? Well. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, he's like, he doesn't he do a lot of work for the league and ambassador for whatnot? He doesn't do shit for, for the league. He's not associated with the league in any way. He does do a lot of good, like, he gives talks and stuff. Oh, okay. Like, okay. He, I guess he, that's where so I'm he, headed. So he gives talks about, like, mental health substance and things abuse, like that. Substance yeah. abuse. Like, he tours around, does that. Oh, and, okay. And that's great and everything. Just some of the... Some of his hot takes on the internet there are a little, a little too hot for me. Oh, and, I see. I don't even really follow him. And just obviously some, some of the behavior, like I, there's a lot of the old boys club in the NHL who does not fucking like this guy because oh, okay. some of the shit that he put them through when he was still playing. Oh, okay. I see. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I, I was basically I, no. I, I actually, I actually know a lot about him. I read oh, his I book. See. Like, oh, I actually, okay. Well, so he did a talk, and my wife had to go there as part of her work, which was kind of cool. It was some. I I can't remember what the event was called, but it was some kind of. I don't know, mental health awareness. Don't get caught up on day. it. Yeah, sorry. I'm getting hung up, fucking caught up on it. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I sent her there with a book and a card, and he signed that for me. So. Okay. Good guy, I guess, but overall, but you don't like him. But no, <laughs> going gets his not that much. Gets loved his autograph, him as, like I, him. Yeah, I know, right? But I, I loved him as a hockey player. But that's all I'm talking about, dude. Is like his, his, his hockey. Yeah, take playing. his, take his body work. But I, I yeah. feel like that politics aspect of it probably plays into it more than we would like to think. More than, more than I would like to think. Yeah, you're bringing fucking political corner i i think he deserves uh, he deserves it he he's over a point per game player and there's only what a dozen guys who have ever done that yeah yeah true so that that in itself is pretty incredible not to mention the cups cup 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 yeah solo cup gold medal all that politics in deep Politics indeed. Episode number one. Episode one. Flurry is an asshole. Flurry is an asshole. Here's why. <laughs> Go through his Twitter, man. If you ever have, a I moment. will. Well, now that now that we've had he this conversation, hates I mean, Justin Trudeau more than anything in the well, world. Well, I don't imagine a, a ton of people love Justin Trudeau. Nobody loves you when you're no, president. But he hates Justin Trudeau. I'm prime Minister, man. Come I on. had to block a buddy of mine because he won't stop. Like I just unfollowed him. Yeah, I was like, no. That's why I don't. I don't do a ton of political stuff online because it it can be annoying. Oh, I'm talking about like two or three times a day, morning, lunch. That's like you know he's on break. Like you know he's on break when he's like share this meme, that meme. At first, it's like (laughs) I'm laughing at it because I don't give one fuck about politics. I don't like we differ in that category completely. Like I just I like I like and respect someone like your desire to want to know more about it but i also am happy to play the ignorant card i do my homework and i vote for 
platforms and people and I know what I'm doing, but I don't ever want to dive in because it's just like a cesspool of ridiculous that Spider-Man GIF of them pointing at each <laughs> right, other. Right, right. That, that's all it yeah. is, you know? And it's really... And I get that. I get that a ugh. lot from a lot of people. A lot of people feel that way. It's, it, you know... Sometimes I got to shut it off because, like, on Monday, I, I, I try to spend as little time on my phone and on Twitter as possible because I can't... Especially when the Leafs are losing, I can't deal <laughs> with all that fucking negativity on a Monday. The backlash, <laughs> the knee jerks. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> that for one, like the me hot being t- like fire him. Yeah, yeah. Just all caps. You've been in all caps since <laughs> since last week, since Boston. You've been in all caps. No, I haven't. Yeah, Don't you have. Fucking blanket me like oh, that. You, you, you totally were. My life has been in all caps. Yeah, you've been all then. caps for most of the show and the uh, most of last week's. Bro, I, I'm telling you, like we're coming back to my feelings. It's feelings time with Josh here on the Pucks and D podcast. I am so happy right now. Like I came in a lot of emotion in this one. I came, although in, we were pretty fired up last last week too. Between Babs and between Cherry, we were we were firing. Hard. Yeah, but didn't I have the epiphany last week? Was that last week when I said I yeah, have you this did. epiphany? And it was funny because your epiphany was no like, more negativity. I'm no more negativity. I'm gonna enjoy watching the games. Blah blah blah. And lasted then, five minutes. And then the what was it? The game, not the, the, the Islanders Penguins game. No, it was the uh, after after the Boston game. It wasn't even after the Boston game. It was during the Boston game. You texted me and you were having a fucking meltdown. I said that lasted one period. Yeah, <laughs> my fucking epiphany. right away. I was like, oh, there goes there goes Coleman. He's like that. That lasted like a day. But I couldn't do it. I said I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm just going to kind of like watch and just hope for goals and pretend that I'm like nine years old or 10 years old when I used to just enjoy watching the guys in blue play. Like I didn't really know anything about these players. Like I wasn't some sort of child prodigy that knew all the stats and stuff like that. Like I just liked the Leafs and wanted to see them win. Yay. Another goal for that guy. I would like to be that like, sorry, back when we were recording these things and I couldn't contain myself. I just wanted to be that kid again. That was my epiphany. Just fucking watch and just don't deal with, with all this bullshit. And then I watched, yeah, I get the Bruins game or whatever it was. And it was just like, nope, can't do it. Garbage. Like, well, it's, can't it's, do it's it. tough too, because us being as, as into it as we are, we're overanalyzing absolutely everything. And, 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 you know, I inundate myself on a daily basis with, with content, you know, Leafs, Leafs specific content and hockey content in general. Well, it's hard to avoid. So like I said, sometimes I just got to shut it down and, and take a break. I got into a big fucking war. You? Yeah. Not you. Because, uh, what was it? Um, it was just an article about the Leafs uh, not being the solid betting option. Like it was a NHL prop bet thing from Sportsnet. And the yeah, first comment. They're, they're unpredictable as fuck right now. No, you know what? Sorry, I'm totally wrong. It actually was um, a clip from Andy Petrello's show. Leafs lunch? Yeah, Leafs lunch, thank you. Where the headline was, should the Toronto Maple Leafs lower the bar of expectation? And the first comment on the board from some schmuck was, um, well, when you have the media and the fans proclaiming to be Canada's team and then failing miserably, you can't set the bar any lower. So I just kind of just 
gave him a little response. I didn't anticipate it going into like a fucking 37 comment thread. 37 well, comments? Well, no, no, not that, man. I'm just Holy saying like... Holy fuck, just, man. <laughs> Did you work at all? No, no, no. But I mean like, because guys, are, it's it's right there, right? I mean like... And yeah, I know that, but like... A bunch of different people. what I'm talking about. Sometimes you got to stay the fuck out of that fray online, dude. No, I like you it. drive yourself insane. Yeah, but I like it. it like it, you just... You know, actually, kind of the cool thing is you should do a lot of it on podcast day. So then, like, sometimes I put a quarter in you on the show. Yeah. But, like, you were just getting fucking rolls of quarters all day online, eh? No. it No. I See, it's funny because they think that they're, like, triggering me or something. But, like, I'm – I don't – care like i care emotionally we care enough to fucking fire off 37 messages yeah, no not 37 from me you idiot i mean like when you <laughs> okay when so you 30, look at it 37 divided by two no, because you and another guy no there's a ton of other people okay so you're bringing com, a lot of people into the com, fray yeah i just have like it's a 37 comment thread i might have five of them okay and they're like the little the little jobbies like a good little small paragraph and then that's kind of it and mine are always like you've even said to me and my other friends that follow me have said to me like you're very like straightforward and you don't go offside and like you piss them off because you're you're being a rational and they don't want you to be rational. Yeah, because they're trolls, you're, dude. That's what they do. They're just saying stuff to get a rise out of people. No, I don't always think that. I think like I have a just good getting, No, I getting, think Shut up. Getting, I think I have a good no, handle. Shut, no, don't tell me shut up. I think I have a good handle on when it is a troll though. When they're just Oh right, when you when they are just fucking with you. Fucking with me. Cuz like, you can't be that stupid, you know. I'm you know? just reading the odd Twitter fucking discussion and or like a comments on an article in the Athletic. Actually, it's kind of nice thing about the Athletic is that you don't get a lot of that shit because people are paying to read this Knowledgeable. stuff like the, you know, the, there's real sentences and people are using the right there and stuff like that. Good point. That's a that's really a good, good point. tell too. Somebody has the time to actually put use punctuation. I think is like a yeah. There's some presentation to what they're trying to say. Well, I think that that might be another reason why people get all upset when they're talking to me a lot because instead of me being an irrational fan, which is they believe that all us Leaf fans are irrational idiots. When and we, I know we have a lot of those we've fans. We've about that. A lot of sports fans are irrational. Yeah, and that's totally fine. Because your emotions are involved, but right? But instead of getting an irrational idiot just saying, oh, go fuck your mother, Leafs are the best, or something like that, I actually say, no, I know that we've been sucking recently, but here's my point. I'm thinking that this is what's going on and this and that, but you're telling yeah. me that I'm an idiot, but you're not actually having any d- discussion with me. And then he might bring up a good point. So we'll kind of go back and forth. And then that's when all the other idiots come flocking in <laughs> and they're like, Oh, you're drunk. You're delusional. And it's like, okay, well, you're not Do reading. You have like recurring characters that you get into it with on the internet. Like guys who are just on your case all the time. Actually, you know what? The most, the most, uh, like recurring interaction that I have has been positive with guys that actually have started listening to the podcast. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what's funny? I get a good laugh of is any of the suspension stuff is always if you look at the comments on the on the gif of the of the incident, it's like, oh, perfectly clean hit. And then the next comment's like, that's the worst hit I've ever oh, seen. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's two completely opposite. Oh yeah. Takes. Like yeah. it's it's like, oh, maybe I'll see some thoughtful discussion on this topic. <laughs> no, not a chance. So speaking of suspensions anyway, that Garnet Hathaway suspension, three games. Okay. So what I found out today when I was reading up on on the rules on this stuff is that gross m- misconduct doesn't exist anymore. It's it not doesn't? actually in the NHL. It's not rule. defined. It, it's it's in the Canadian Hockey League, so it would exist in the O and the and minor league juniors, all that stuff. Okay. But apparently, the gross misconduct doesn't exist, which ha- handled the category of 
just something you're making a mockery of the game, spitting, obscene gestures, um, slurs, things of that nature, stuff that had warranted like a special look. Now, what's interesting about this call is that spitting actually is um, right now uh, only a game misconduct and according to the rules. But the refs in this situation deemed it worthy of a match penalty. Well, I thought it always was a match because... Well, it was a gross misconduct before. But I always thought that, and this is dating back to my time as a ref, which was brief, but I always thought that the way they helped you remember it on the exam or whatever was that a match penalty is something gross that you did. Something something like, ew, gross. And that's why spitting was in the match penalty, defined as match penalty because it was something right. gross. Because they didn't want you to get spitting confused with a gross misconduct penalty because the word is gross you know right, right. it's not in gross it's a match because it's gross because you right. did something gross like you pit and the pastor and sorry spit on someone or did something gross like that you know right yeah the it, it's it's pretty interesting so now because of that though because they gave him a match it warrants like an immediate is you're suspended indefinitely when you get a match oh there has to be like a hearing right whereas it's in it's not category. Uh, they didn't call it game misconduct, which just means you're ejected from the game. You know, no, it, it's no uh, immediate supplemental discipline. Whereas in this situation, it, it would warrant an immediate review and discipline from the league. So they said the PA might be going up in arms a little bit about this suspension for that reason alone. Are you like technicality type stuff? Yeah. But in terms of what happened though, that's fucking like, that's some of the lowest shit you can do out there on the ice. Yeah, I don't I mean, I don't really buy into the excuse that it's like heat of the moment and all that stuff. Like you, you can if you're a spitter, then you're a spitter. I've been in the heat of the moment with a lot of people never. in sports. Never even crossed my mind. Never crossed my mind to spit in somebody's never. face. Not even like in their direction. Like I don't care what someone did to you, because everyone's like, Well, you got suckered right before that could Branson, you know, dirty uh shot to the head or whatever, but Man, that's that's shit's way over the line. Like three games might have been a little bit soft. I yeah okay great. Sorry, I thought you were gonna be. I thought you were gonna say harsh, and I was like, oh, I don't no, know. No, no soft. I, okay, I'm okay with that. But I was hearing a lot of takes uh, that were saying, you know, they're okay with they're okay with fines, you know, and it's like, but not for this. No, you probably spit on someone in the schoolyard. Like, this like, has this is a nothing thing that, to do with hockey. This is a um, like I said earlier, a mockery of the game type shit. Yeah, like this is not. Oh, you slashed a guy too hard and and hurt him, or you cross checked a guy from behind the boards, or you hit a guy in the head. I mean, those are all things that are aspects of the game. You know, this is has nothing to do with sport, hockey, anything. No, and like to complete my point. This is something that you've probably had with you your whole life. You probably spit on someone in the schoolyard, you know, growing up. Like you, you probably you, got detention for spitting spit or something. on someone before? I think so. You think so? Well, yeah. you don't just randomly do it at 23 or whatever, however I've never done it before. Have you ever done it? No. No. I've never even considered doing it. No, it's never really crossed my mind. It's just, it seems real ex- extreme. I saw it in wrestling. It's the only time I've seen people do it, but it's a little different. It's yeah, like scripted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, what is the difference then between spitting as a suspendable suspendable offense or licking a guy's face? Well, I mean, if you had to choose one of the two, which one would you choose? Well, one of them's worse. 
Like to receive or to give? To receive, of course. To receive? If you had to choose to have a guy lick you like Marchand did or spit on you like Hathaway did, what would you choose? That's a tough one. It is a tough one, isn't it? Fuck. What do you think you would choose? The licking is pretty fucking gross. I think I would choose the licking. But it's not as gross as being spit on. Like it doesn't leave as much... There's not as much wet on you afterwards. It could have been a loogie. It could have been a huge loogie. <laughs> and like you're sweating and stuff. Like your spit's like all time worse. When the lick is fine compared to the it's spit. It's not fine though. But like. No, compared to the spit. But in terms of the category of what we're talking about here, <laughs> like as a, as a potentially suspendable offense, is that not right there like pretty close? Yeah. I mean, I guess. It, 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 it's I'm a, just wondering why the NHL. And this is not a player safety issue, right? Obviously, I mean, I guess to a certain degree it could be, but like it's 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 a mockery of the game. Yeah, of course. I mean, right? it's in the same criteria. Like Bramershine did twice, and they said stop it. The, is what they said. That's what I was just about to say. The the second it's time because they didn't pro- know how to deal with it. Yeah, the second time was a problem. It should have been suspended the second time because it it's just has been really no gross bullshit. And dumb. Like you can't you can't do it. It's really gross right? and dumb. Don't do it anymore. And then you did it again. So, like, we're going to have to suspend you for a game because like you're it's, fucking gross. You know, there's, it's not out of the realm possibility to call it sexual assault. What can I rub my dick on someone out there? And they're just going to be like, hey, don't do that again. That was weird. We didn't like it. Don't do it. Oh, my God. Is that God. what they're going to say? I don't know, dude. But Like, come on. Listen, I don't know if we have him right now, but uh, I think we might have Alex Hobson on the line. Hey, uh, Alex, can you Do hear you us? Do you think you listened to all that? Can you hear us, buddy? Most definitely don't have him. No. Oh, I'm hearing like a chair creak in the background. That sounds like him. Better not be taking a dump. I don't think so. Well... That was our first attempt to bring uh, Alex Hobson into the program. I thought we were just gonna do a nice little live roll there and have him have him join yeah, us. Yeah, well, but... he fucked us up. He's ghosting us. Well, if you recall on our call with Mark, who also did the same idea, Mark Vanderlaan. We had trouble. We had trouble sorting out the studio. But once he got, yeah, right? we remember we could hear him, and he was like, "Hello." That <laughs> like, went on for a while. <laughs> that did go on for a while. Luckily, we were able to edit it. But um, so Matthew's out of trouble, eh? Yeah, it's it's how about much, time. How much did it cost? Do you think? You mean like, well, I guess I guess in this in this instance, it, like you mean directly to the plaintiff, like right, yeah, right. That's what, what it, it is, right? Probably a hunch. Oh, at least I was thinking like a mill. Oh, oh no! They know way. how much money he makes. It's public information. Coleman, you there, boss? Hey, look at this guy. Sorry, I was <laughs> I was having some issues with the board. I'm I'm all good to go now. Y'all all good? right. Well, listen. Can you hear me there, Alex? Fucking right. I can. Good. Hear We're fucking you. right okay. live here. Well, We're just bro, going. We're bro, just going right now. Um, how much money do you think it costs Matthews to uh, get out of his fucking court issue there? Oh fuck, man! I <laughs> I'd say probably at least a mil. That's what? Right. That's what I said. Cole really? said a hundred. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think I thought maybe a gra- like a hundred grand. No, nah, no, nah, I'm playing. It's probably more closer to a hundred grand. Yeah, nah, but, I'm thinking uh, a mill, definitely, though. definitely a decent amount. You know, I'm sure they tried to rip him, considering you know the the figures in his bank account. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, what well, that's going to say. I mean, that lawyer probably got a hundred grand out of the deal. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. So let's 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 just settle on five hundred thousand. Can we agree on that? Maybe yeah, five hundred thousand is a good middle. middle Let's go doesn't like see, it. See, I want to pay. I wanted to picture the lawyers negotiating this, sitting across the table from each other, and being like, "Okay, it's going to cost you a million bucks to get rid of this." And the Matthews lawyer was like, "No fucking way, man! Didn't even take his pants off or his underwear off. 
a full moon, maybe we give you a mil. But just underpants, only worth 500. <laughs> they're like, we've never seen yeah. this before. So what you're saying is that if he keeps his pants on and just fucking bends over in front of that security guard, it's nothing. He kept his underwear on, so it's it's 500 Gs. And if he just if he goes the full moon, then it's a million. That's what we're saying here. Well, I think they might actually have that legal in in a legal document somewhere. It's actually defined. <laughs> I, I'm sure that whoever wrote up that legal document was probably just cracking up the entire time. Just I wonder. I hope I hope I ever eventually get to use this. Uh, <laughs> listen, buddy. Uh, glad to have you back on the Pucks and D oh. podcast. Um, couldn't be happier to be back man yeah our first go around unfortunately probably one of our worst the one time we botched the audio audio quality of all time uh, <laughs> and but that is that is why i've got a proper mic in front of me this yeah time. and you are well i mean not i didn't mean on your end i mean on our end we had our volumes maxed out and it just came out not fantastically well so uh you're sounding much better it sounds like you're right here with us in the room so why don't you uh, put your emotions right in here in this room with us, uh, Alex? Where were you when you found out about the news and how did you receive it? Oh, Jesus. Okay, so I was actually in like a, an open lab in my school and it was completely quiet in there. I mean quiet to the point where I was editing a video and I had the volume almost completely down. So people are in there working hard and they're trying to get projects done and everything. So, you know, the point I'm trying to get across here is that it was just, it's super quiet. I obviously couldn't get up and fucking scream. So I, uh, I, I got the, I got the notification and I'm like, holy shit, it happened. Like I, I went to bed last night in a shitty mood because I was thinking, you know what? There's going to, they're going to play out these next two games and they're going to lose. And Babcock is still going to be the fucking coach. And I was pissed off. I did not think that they would they'd, they'd fire him in a couple days, let alone now. But anyways, of course, then my phone starts going off and I'm checking. I'm, I'm, I've got all sorts of people messaging me. And then the one thing I realized right away is it's been five minutes since it came out and I haven't heard a fucking peep from Josh Coleman. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I and it, it was so funny. That's why I picked up my phone and I called you because I still had your number in my phone from the last time I called in. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if this guy's just, you know, he's if he's in shock, which turned out to be the truth, I'm assuming. <laughs> I was or... actually discussing it with my parents because as I told Lesko uh, earlier on the podcast, I work out of uh, my childhood home, like my father's yep. insurance brokerage is office, excuse yep. me, is uh, in the basement. So I'm, okay. I'm usually out of there around four o'clock or whatever, but it was like four forty, and my mother comes down the stairs and she's like, what are you still doing here? Shouldn't you be going home? And I was like, they fucking did it. <laughs> I was like, all pumped up about it. Yeah. So I was talking I was to them. I was expecting this for your message to be the first one to pop up somewhere. I was like, so I, I was getting a little bit nervous. That's why I called you up. And I remember, I realized you probably didn't save my numbers. That's why you were so confused when I, when you picked up like, uh, yeah, sorry. Who is this? Yeah. I didn't even uh, let's go. <laughs> I didn't know. Oh my God. Let's go. I didn't. He, he's given me big time. Number. He's given me more credit. I picked up the phone and I go, yeah, who's this? <laughs> like immediately. <laughs> like if it was like, it um, could have been a client. A customer. Yeah. Well, it could have been a client. Absolutely. And, <laughs> but I would have been more than okay if it was a client and they were like, Oh, it's yeah. fucking, you know, Jordan, what what's your problem? I would have been like, no problem, bud. Leafs just fired Babcock. What do you want? Like, <laughs> I got shit to do. I got people to respond to. I got a fucking actually, Hobson. You did cross my mind because um, 
basically let's go and uh, sorry Hobson if I'm uh outing our our uh, no, no. our private discussions here but Hobson messages <laughs> me and says you know bro uh not too happy with the quality of that episode that I was on there for my first call he's like I'd really like another shot and I was like well you know, man, like I want to have you back too, because it was too bad that the episode was garbage quality. But <laughs> the problem is we can't just really fucking call you for no reason. Hey, what's going on today? Like we just talked to you. So I go, well, here, here's what I'll tell you, man. When Babcock is canned, you're the call. And then lo and behold, what was that Hobson? Like four days ago, three Jesus. days ago. Yeah. It was only a couple of days. A couple I think days it was over ago. the weekend where I messaged you. Yeah. I said, I want, I want to get back. I on. want to get back on. And I was like, man, it's just weird to bring you back on immediately kind of thing. Like we had a great call. It just didn't sound great. The the quality, yeah, yeah. Was, the quality was there. And I'm, I'm sure our listeners were okay with, you know, one, one out of 47. That doesn't sound top notch, but <laughs> Uh, you yeah. know, you're back now. And yeah, it was a, it was a pretty exciting time, man. So let's go just a moment ago was talking about lineup uh, decisions. Have you had any time to consider what you might think uh, could be in store for a change? Not just on the like, not just with the current lineup as we see it, but maybe integrating some Marley's uh, into the lineup in the coming games. I feel like the depth charts at least changed, right? Yeah, um, so I'm going to be totally honest. I've been caught up in this school ever since the news broke, so I haven't really had much uh, had much time to think about it. So you're you guys are getting my first thoughts on this. So um, it, honestly, uh, it's hard to say, but I think the first thing that we're going to notice when it comes to the lineup is obviously the stars are actually going to be played like stars, and I think that's something that we've all been looking forward to. You know fuck having Matthews there playing 18 minutes a night max like that's not that's not the way that a hockey team should be run so I think the first thing we're going to notice with Sheldon is that you know Austin Matthews might be double shifted if they need a goal Marner might get up to 23 minutes a night who knows I think like and when I say might I mean absolutely I think that's the that's the typical way that coaches go about it and for some reason Babcock was stuck in his own ways but with uh like with Sheldon being behind the bench now, we've seen what he did in the minors with uh, Sandine and Lilligren, you know, and uh, they've been playing upwards of like 25 minutes a night, I think. And you'd never see that happen with Babcock. So I think that's the first thing we're going to see. And honestly, there's one other thing I kind of thought, and it's the idea that potentially, I think it's possible we could see Matthews and Marner play together under Sheldon. And the reason I say this is because, you know, you don't often hear too much anymore about lines. It's more you hear about duos. Like you always hear about McDavid and Dreisaitl. There's a big one right there. You yep. always hear about Marchand and Pasternak. You always hear about Ovi and Backstrom, Stone and Patrady. Like honestly, I'm I'm going off of this uh, NBC list of du- top ten duos in the NHL. And Ranton honestly, and McKinnon. Rant. Yeah, there's another one right there. Um, it's just, and you know what? I, I I think it's kind of bullshit that the Leafs have two duos that and neither of them made that top 10. Like I think it was Tavares and Marner and then they got Matthews and Nylander and neither of them cracked the top 10. Yeah. But do they deserve it right now? Like you could have said last year, absolutely not. Maybe last year for uh, Tavares and Marner. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Like I say, I say it's bullshit, but I don't say it's, I'm not calling bullshit on the people that made the list. I'm just calling bullshit on the fact that they didn't make the list because they should be up there. Oh, I I agree. Okay. I see what you mean. Insanely talented. Yeah, you're and not honestly, calling out the writer. You're calling out the players or or the system or whatever the case, whatever the problem is. That's what you're calling yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, just the fact that the fact that we've got 
two of the most talented centers in the league and at least one of the most talented wingers in the league and they're not even they're not even like appearing on the list so i personally think that sheldon is going to maximize the potential that we could see from matthews and marner on that top line and i think those two could be absolutely filthy together when they're playing consistently and honestly we don't know if that's going to happen 100 percent because as we've seen in the past matthews and nylander work really well together so who knows? Honestly, that part's still up in the air, but I think it's more of a possibility now than it ever would have been with Babcock. Well, and they actually might get to get hooked up with one another and be able to play a bit more of a, a freewheeling system. Uh, you got to think that, you know, much like you said, the ice time is going to probably increase, and I actually brought that up earlier with Josh, but hopefully we see uh, the shackles come off a little bit here, and, and especially, you know, referring to Tyson Berry, who we talked about last time you we were on the show, uh, kind of underperforming, and uh, maybe Morgan Riley a little bit, uh, just maybe more of that active D, that which we saw a little bit of, uh, of I thought, last night in Vegas. Yep. Um, honestly, I, I think one of Sheldon's first priorities coming in is going to be fixing Tyson Berry because his like Barry, he, you know what? He hasn't really looked that bad this year, but he hasn't been finding the score sheet even close to the pace that he normally does. He's coming off of a 59 point season and this year he's got seven through 23. So Barry is one of those players who is, uh, who ha- relies heavily on moving the puck and offense. And, you know, defensive game isn't always the strongest, but it, it, you know, it doesn't matter because he's putting up 50 to 60 points a year. But he also relies and, heavily on the power play too. And he doesn't exactly. get, a, he doesn't get a lot of grade a looks on the power play. You're getting the last 37 seconds and a yeah. fresh PK system coming over and, the boards against you. And that's the thing. And that's another thing right there is like, he's coming from Colorado where he was being given top line minutes on the defensive core. He was also being given first unit on first unit minutes on the power play. And then he comes over to Toronto all of a sudden he's on the second pairing. And he's like, you said, he's only getting like 30 seconds of power play time. So obviously that's been tough for him to adjust to. And honestly, I'd personally like to see Barry given a look on the first power play unit because he's got an absolute rocket of a shot from the point. Yeah, and he uses it and he uses it more than Morgan Riley does. He might so be more effective he, than Riley in that position. Uh, just yeah. like, exactly. Like you said, might be able to get a stronger shot on net. Um, what do you think the odds though about getting a potential Riley Barry pairing. Uh, well, first thing I'll say is they're definitely higher than they would have been under Babcock. Because so, did, didn't he play Sandy and Lilligren, if I'm not mistaken, sometimes yep. together first pairing? He did, absolutely he did. And honestly, whether we get Riley and Barry together right off the bat, at the very least, I just don't think we're going to see CC on the top pairing with Riley anymore, which would be ideal because that'd be great. <laughs> you know, you feel bad. Honestly, I feel bad for Morgan Riley because well. I feel bad to him in an extent. He's making fucking millions playing, playing hockey. So <laughs> I don't feel about him. Feel I don't feel that bad for him. But I I do feel for him in the sense that ever since he put on the Leaf jersey, he's never had a good defensive partner. Right. You know, he had Matt Hunwick for a bit. He had Roman oh. Polak for a bit. He had oh. Ron Hainsey for a bit. Oh. Now he's got Cody fucking Cece. <laughs> like boat. You know, the guy's just never had someone good to play with. And who knows? Maybe Sheldon coming in gets uh, gives him a shot with Barry because yes, he does play Sam. Dean and Lilligren together. And let's focus so, a little bit on CC for a moment too, because as as much as you can say, and I agree that I, you know, we feel bad for Riley for his lack of talented partners. Let's just speak specifically to this season. Uh, I almost feel equally bad for Cody CC, who is being miscast once again in the wrong position, 
and getting all kinds of fucking flack for it. The He's guy, been leading yeah, them a nice the, time. The, the guy plays against all of the NHL's best fucking players. What yep. do you expect from the guy? Now, if we can get some goddamn change going on, maybe we can give CC some more sheltered minutes, especially at home when we can determine the pairings after seeing what the visiting coach wants to do. We can shelter him a little bit and put him in a position to, if not succeed, at least be more than a fucking punching bag on a top line pair where he has no place, in my opinion. Well, that's you're 100% right. I mean, CeCe's just, he's being used in all the wrong minutes. He's being thrown to the wolves completely. Like, we we all knew that coming into this season, CeCe was not going to be a good defenseman. He's been, he's been struggling ever since he made the NHL. He's never really found his footing. And honestly, it only makes it worse when you put him on the top pairing playing in hockey's biggest market. Having and to block shots like against said. Ovechkin. Exactly. And giving him most giving him more minutes out of any other defenseman. That's not how you get the best out of a defenseman, especially if you're one that's known to struggle. Like, I think, uh, I like, uh, obviously, I'm not going to sit here and predict every single one of Sheldon's moves coming in, because honestly, who knows what he could do. I just know it's probably going to be better than what Babcock's been doing. But in the end, I think uh, the biggest thing for CeCe is going to be giving him sheltered minutes, because... If you have him playing, say, you know, 11, 12 minutes a night as opposed to fucking 27. Exactly. Like, like that's huge. Playing, uh, playing along, playing, like, playing up against uh, other teams, like, fourth line, third lines, instead exactly. of top lines. Yeah. And not having to block OV shots, like you said before. <laughs> like, I, you know, we can all rip on CC all we want, but man, the, he's, he has been truly thrown to the wolves. And I think it's just uh, maybe a new coach will give him sheltered minutes and give him a chance to be have play with a little more confidence instead of worrying about having to play like a top line defenseman. And I wonder if this expedites uh, the path for uh, Sandian or Lilligren to uh, to get a look with the big club this season. Uh, you got to think they're at a point in time right now, and and I think this is what some of the fan base has been pleading with Bob Babcock for is. What do you have to lose at this point? Change something, like yeah. ch- fire up the power play, shake up the the lines. It I can't mean, get worse. I know. Yeah, we've been forced to a little bit by injuries to to shuffle things around a little bit. But it, exactly, could it get any worse? It can't. No. And I guess that's where Sheldon's going to have this. You know, even though it's not really a clean slate because you're coming in on a team that's that's not going to have to flip a switch necessarily, and and it's going to take some time to to remake. Uh, them into whatever system he determines uh, is the best fit for them. But I wonder how much uh, notice Sheldon actually had about this. Because if you did, you have a chance to listen to Shani's presser. I actually didn't, unfortunately. So there was two things that stood out for me. The one was we decided on this about forty-eight hours ago. So this would means that Saturday's game was the final nail in the coffin, which really felt like it after watching it. I don't, oh yeah, and it was it's one of the worst Leaf games I've seen since Horacek. Yep. Since Nashville. Yeah, yeah, since oh. those days. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I, I'm wondering if and Shannon also mentioned it was the ongoing discussion for a couple of weeks. So I wonder if there's a point, say two weeks ago, where Sheldon gets a phone call saying, Hey, you know, there's some rumblings here. Make sure that you're prepared. Oh yeah. Yeah, that I, I, I think he one hundred percent had some notice. I and honestly, if be even if be it as it may, if it was two weeks, I think that makes perfect sense because you know I was I was expecting like I was saying this to earlier Coleman. I was thinking if Babcock's not going, if Babcock is going to get fired, this is my thoughts from a few days ago. I'm like, if Babcock's going to get fired, it's going to be after 
they play uh, Colorado on Saturday because they've got those four games in between and then they have a game back in Detroit and then a home and home with home and home with Buffalo. So that gives, if they were to replace them, that gives Sheldon enough time to, you know, he's got a couple days, he can run a few practices and they're also playing a lot closer to home. I did not think that they would fire him and bring Sheldon out on in the middle of a fucking road trip over to Western North America. Yeah. That's like, my, that's my that point too. Threw me off completely. Mm-hmm. And going back to what you were saying there, Lesko, I don't think, I think 100% Sheldon had notice and had uh, like, was at least prepared for it a couple weeks ago because there's no way they would have called him just a couple of hours ago saying, Hey, by the way, you're supposed to be coaching the Leafs tomorrow night in Arizona. Get yeah. your ass down there. Get on the like, PJ. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, that just wouldn't have made any sense. So I'm sure Sheldon has had some time. And you know what? Another thing I've been kind of thinking of here, I wonder what that player, or that not players meeting, but that meeting with uh, Riley and Tavares with Babcock was about a couple days ago. That was right after the game against Pittsburgh. Right after the Pittsburgh game, yeah. And, And, you know, my initial impression of that was, you know, hey, like, let's we got to figure this out type deal, like uh, an olive branch somewhat from the players. Because if there was something going on in that dressing room, I think those would be the two guys to try and who would be bridging the gap between the coach and the, and the team. Yeah. Those guys being kind of the biggest leaders and the most probably diplomatic of them all. Uh, The most mature veterans, I guess you could say on the team as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a, um, uh, it was definitely threw me off. Did you make to, it through Saturday's game? Uh, say that again. Did you make it through Saturday's game? Did you watch it all? <laughs> well, I'll be honest. It was like I, I made it through the first period, and then for the second and the third, it was more like I was just sitting there, and the game was playing in the background. I wasn't right. paying attention to it. I just look over every few seconds. I'd see, oh, Pittsburgh scored again. Great, one step closer, boys. Let's go. So it was, uh, yeah, it was tough to watch. And honestly, I think that game really was the nail in the coffin because it, like, if they said 48 hours ago, like you said, and did you see, uh, did you see Tim, uh, uh, the thing that Tim and Sid posted earlier with, uh, Bab, it was like Babcock after the scrum this morning. Did you, did either of you end up seeing that? No, I don't think I did. No. Okay. Well, Babcock was just, uh, I don't even remember what exactly it was about, but I know he was being asked questions and he sounded completely shaken up. So that I think that really shed some light on the whole. We made this decision 48 hours ago because he, he, I, I listened to that interview and just listened to Babcock and his, watched his body language, and he was just like he, his voice sounded shaky. I think he knew 100% that he was getting fired, and he was just trying to brush it off. So, yeah. He must have seen it coming. I mean, he's a smart guy. Oh, yeah. and, and after that, that Saturday game, like I said, it was, it was abysmal. It was a complete debacle. Yep. So, and after that game, he sounded really, really defeated. Oh yeah, 100%. Well, it's a big blow to his ego, and we all know. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, you laugh, Alex, and it's true. It's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a punching bag joke for Babcock and the way he is and his stubborn ways and all this. It's just the air about him. That's the way he is. You're never going to change yep. him, and that's fine. It it has had a winning pedigree at one time before. But I mean, this this is a big blow to a guy, a, a future Hall of Famer, most likely, right? I'm, I think oh I, yeah, yeah, he's a yeah. future Hall of Famer coach, regarded as one of the best in the game. And um, has he ever been fired before? I think Anaheim fired him. But here's a question for both you boys: How long before he's hired again? That's a really how long good, before he goes somewhere that's else? A really good question. Because you know he wants to question. coach. 
he doesn't seem the guy who'd be like, oh, I need some time away from the game. Like, I don't feel like he's that guy. Like, is, is Seattle on the phone with him, his agent tomorrow? I, I was just going to say that. I think Seattle, if anyone, would be the team to hire him. I mean, if, they, I'm be, if I'm being totally honest. Because, you know what? Everybody, like, we all remember how happy we were when the Leafs initially hired Babcock. Absolutely. Because after, after going with Randy Carlisle and fucking Peter Horacek, it was just a breath of fresh air. You know, we've got a coach that's got tons of years of experience under his belt, and he knows how to win. Yep. So we were all completely happy at the time. And you know what? I didn't mind Babcock in the first tank season because it was just bringing a new culture to the team. So, you know, I, like we can all talk about how, you know, Babcock has taken the Leafs as far as they can go, right? And how, you know, he, he's at this point, he's just cock blocking the team because he doesn't know how to let them run. He's just sticking around. He's just sticking to his ways and hoping that the team adapts to him instead of him adapting to the team. Right. But... Uh, for I mean, for a team like Seattle, and unless they pull another Vegas run out of their asses and go to the cup final that year, uh, honestly, I could see them giving Babcock a call to be their head coach because they're going to be, it's going to be a bunch of guys and they're not, they're like I said, unless they pull a Vegas, they're likely not going to be very good in their first season. And sometimes, you know, when you've got a group of guys in a dressing room and nobody knows, like no one has, has ever played with each other, right? Uh, having a coach like Babcock could thrive for them. And I think I lo- it could be a good decision. So I love how scared you are to say that they're not going to be good. <laughs> yeah, well, because yeah. of Vegas, <laughs> full right? disclaimer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's so easy to say that Vegas was yeah. going to be horrible, and it's going to take five, said it. five years, and this and that, yep. and the other thing. Like, and then all of a sudden, they light the yeah. world on fire. So now, moving forward with Seattle, we all have to be careful yeah. with our expectations. But it's a exactly. good point. Exactly. Well, I, I, how many people probably sat on a podcast or on a on like a Leafs lunch or on a new like a news report or something and said oh yeah vegas is going to be doing nothing they're Everyone gonna they're obviously yeah. they're they're locked in for lottery picks for years and yeah. we could see them start to do well come 2020 you can't say that <laughs> i'm not gonna sit here and say yeah there's no way seattle's gonna be doing good in their first year because we all thought that about vegas and look what the fuck happened yeah <laughs> like, yeah they they got it they got it, uh, the system worked pretty hard and in in their favor and you know they brought in a veteran coach and dried gallant as well so you got to think a well-established veteran coach is appealing to almost do what like you said Bobcock did for the Leafs and that's build that uh structure and culture into the into the team and a a, a team that's just going to be a literally a bunch of guys yep exactly that's the one thing like I said that I think he was really good for in Toronto was bringing a different sort of culture to the team because you know, I, as much as we've liked to rip on, rip on Babcock over the years, I think his coaching style heavily benefited a couple players with one of them being, say, Nazem Kadri. Yeah. You know, after years of him, like, just being in uh, up and down from the minors and he's struggling here and there, and then every time he messes up, he's thrown in Ron Wilson's doghouse. Same with Randy Carlisle. Now he's got a coach in Babcock who wants to work with him and wants to improve his defensive game. And all of a sudden, look, he's a 30-goal scorer. So I think he he is a good coach for certain environments and certain types of players. And I think Seattle could be an environment that he'd thrive in. But who knows? Maybe they'd be battling the same thing once they get to the point where they're ready to contend and ready to go the distance. So about Naz, how much does the team miss a guy like Nazem Kadri right now? Um, You know, I... I think, you know, from the personal standpoint, I think we all miss Naz because he's, he was a fan favorite. You know, he's been, he's been with, with the team or he had been with the team since what, like 2009. Yeah. And you know, he, he had that little element of grit that doesn't seem to exist on this team anymore. Aside from guys like maybe Jake Muzz and Zach Hyman. Right. So, 
you know, Kadri in that sense, he'll be missed. But really, from the from the offensive side of it, Kerfoot's been producing exactly how Kadri was last year. So I think I I think Kerfoot is a good replacement for Kadri down the middle. And I think once Tyson Berry eventually figures it out, and I say once because I don't think he's gonna keep playing like this all season now, especially under a new head coach. I think he's at least going to finish strong. And really, if he finishes the way that we expected him to, and if Kerfoot plays consistent all year, I think Kadri's just going to be an afterthought. I think Lesko's question is a little reactionary too, though, because the team has not been great, right? So yeah. we've been real bad. We've been lacking backbone. We've been lacking Lack anything. Lacking emotion, I and think, so is, we're is thinking, what brings it up. We think, and a lot of people do, man, could we ever use Kadri? Well, the thing is, is I don't know if that's necessarily true. Yeah, everyone could use Kadri. But I don't yep. think you should pinpoint, and I'm not saying you are, just generally, I don't think right. you should look at Kadri and say, oh, well, this is a big deal. Because if the team was playing to their potential, which I believe they will start to do as early as tomorrow, um, we're not going to think about Nazem Kadri. We, we're not going to be thinking about Nazem Kadri in February or March no. or April or May or fucking June when we make yeah. the show <laughs> and we win the goddamn cup. <laughs> I like the confidence there. I like how you say when. Yeah. I well, love that. Here it comes. Uh, uh, honestly, like, and just going back to that whole thing about Kadri, you know, the whole dilemma about this team this year is there's literally, like you said, there's nobody to blame on the, on how the team started the year. Aside from, like, I'm talking about the entire team. Like, obviously, you know, Babcock hasn't been helping the case, and I really don't think that the team wanted to play for Babcock anymore. So, just like you said, it, it, the whole team collectively was shit. Collective there was no failure. one on the... There was no team. There was no player on the team who was worse than the other. Everyone was just playing. Everyone was just playing horribly. And I don't. I guess I won't say horribly, but you know, it, there's no one on the team like playing that's causing the team to suck. So really, if Kadri was on the team for these first uh, 20 games or whatever it was, we would have been garbage. I don't think, I, yeah, we would have still been garbage. I don't <laughs> think Kadri would have made a difference. Right. I guess the only thing that appeals to me about it is, like I said, the emotional the injection of energy that a guy like him brings that, like you said, appears to no longer exist on the team. Yeah. But uh, it, sometimes it's frustrating, and and I don't know if this has something to do with the environment around Babcock and, and between the team and him, but they panned those benches a lot when the Leafs are down or when they're lifeless. And they do it all the time in all broadcasts, I find, with sports. Pan down the bench, and those guys are quiet. No one's saying a word to anybody. Everybody's just looking straight with that blank stare. And I know you don't have, you know, John Tavares is not that rah-rah vocal leader, but I, I'm i frustrated as a, as a fan, and I think it's a, a integral to success that a team be engaged, and I, I just hate to see it. And and sometimes yep. they're down a goal. They're, you know, they're down two, you know, a goal or two, then, but then they don't have shot for 10 minutes. And they're all sitting there looking lifeless. Yep. And honestly, I think that's the the main thing that's been losing them games is that they haven't been invested. And really, I like I've been pumping I, I've been pumping this tire for a long, long time, and I will always stand by it. And honestly, who knows? Maybe maybe they'll prove my point once we get a couple games in under Sheldon. But I truly think that the team just didn't want to play for Babcock. 
I think that is the whole reason why he needed to be gone. Like, you know, his tendencies are annoying. The fact that he always starts the backup on the second half of back-to-back and the fact that he wouldn't put Matthews out there with two two minutes left when they need a goal and the fact that they put the fourth line out there at, right after allowing a goal or right after scoring a goal. Fuck, the fourth line was out there a lot. <laughs> we were talking and, about that exact point earlier. Anytime the puck goes in the net, guaranteed fourth line fourth coming, lines out. coming out any yeah. puck any net exactly so obviously babcock's tendencies are all annoying you know he, we he, they're super annoying to deal with and he had those same tendencies last year but even last year they were still exciting to watch it would just be like you'd watch the game they'd be winning and all oh, babcock why is the fourth line out or all oh, babcock why is sparks starting tonight or you know but this year you combine those tendencies with the fact that the team just looks lost and they don't look like they care about wins or losses. They don't look like they care about anything. And I think a lot of that comes down to just not wanting to play for the coach anymore. And obviously I'm sure you saw rich Clunes quote from uh, on Sheldon Keefe the other day where he said he'd run through the end boards for him. Like, I, I honestly don't think that there's anybody on the Leafs who would even run through a fucking cloud of mist for Babcock. <laughs> like, then I think that's huge. That's intent. That's integral to a team's success. Like yeah, you need to want, you have to want to win for your coach. And like I said, they won't current Leafs did not want to win for Babcock. Right. Do they want to win for Keith? We'll find out. Well, we'll, we will find out starting as early as tomorrow. It begins the Sheldon Keith oh. era and uh, Hobson, your take right out of the frying pan. What are your expectations? Do we win tomorrow? Yeah, I think we do win. Absolutely. And you can hold me to that if they lose. But I think now, regardless of what each individual player thinks about Babcock, I think at the very least, it's noted that there's been a shakeup. A shakeup always means that, the, you know, we got to change things up. Things we're not playing the way we should be. So they need a spark. And I think this is the spark. And I think they could definitely beat the Coyotes tomorrow. Yeah, 100%. And the, the players are on notice now because the coach has fallen on the sword, right? So. Yep. Next in line is the players, right? And yep. and especially if you're guys on the outside looking in of the, uh, you know, the t- upper echelon or the top six. I mean, you're an expendable asset, and like we talked about earlier, with a, a shift potentially in the depth chart, uh, nobody's minutes are going to be safe. Well, boys, I I said to both of you guys on separate occasions, the only and I've been saying this for like weeks, the only players that we ever saw playing consistently hard for us were guys that did not want to get sent down guys that have good tradable contracts that don't want to get dealt or new guys. Everyone else was off the fucking wagon off of it completely. So all those guys that don't want to get moved or sent down or whatever, or they're brand new and they don't understand how terrible the situation is, they're out there giving it their all. Meanwhile, the guys that are locked, loaded, and ready to contend for championships are like, bro, get this guy the fuck out of here. And finally, it's happened. And that's why I'm fully confident that this team is not only going to improve, but improve drastically and have a complete 180, not only in terms of efficiency, proficiency, uh, their ability to start on time and be there until the end of the period, quit taking a shift off right before the fucking whistle goes. Like These things are not going to happen anymore. And I think another thing that we're going to develop too as a team is a big, hard, strong fucking backbone, baby. And guys are going to be willing to fight for their opponents or fight for their teammates, not necessarily literally, but, you know, in the sense of sports, they're going to fight for one another. And I think we're going to see a real team unity 
happening hopefully as early as tomorrow but we'll see i mean it's pretty tough for sheldon to come in he's gonna have a lot of high expectations let's go if they lose tomorrow and let's be honest the coyotes are a good team man they don't give up a lot of goals they don't score a lot either so it's gonna be an interesting team would i ever love to see this team pop a fucking top off and bury like five or six goals tomorrow well I, I mean, you can also look at the fact that they're playing in Arizona and the Leafs happen to have somebody who's familiar with Arizona, right? Absolutely. Someone with a little bit of motivation and a bit of a chip on his shoulder and uh, back at home now. Yeah, it'll be uh, it, it'll be an exciting game for sure. I think uh, I think the I think the team really does have potential. I wasn't I'm going to be honest. I wasn't going to stay up for the game tomorrow, but I'm absolutely doing it now. Absolutely. I'm really excited. Oh, to my see. God. I'm excited to see how they play under Sheldon for the first time. First because time? All of Pembroke he, is going to be up watching that shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's Sheldon's right. our boy. Our gold um, boy. The Leafs just became the, the, the like, do you know how many people in this area are going to absolutely just be rooting for the Leafs hard just core because of, him. Because of oh, Sheldon? Yeah. He's like a god here, yeah, man. Yeah, it's true. Honestly, like, I think... Um, I, I think it's just going to be big one way or another. And you know, you go back to the fact you look at their current roster. There's only a handful of players that Sheldon hasn't coached already. Yeah, and they're all superstars. So all them, they're familiar with them. Yeah, all pretty much the superstars, and that's it. He's coached just about everyone. And honestly, if they're if they all share the same ideology as Rich Clune and would run through the end boards for him. Like he said, there's going to be a completely different culture to this team and it could just a completely different look. And I was talking about tomorrow. that with Lesko just, to, just before we had you on Alex, uh, isn't that the best part though? Like all the guys that he hasn't worked with are plug and play. Yep. They're like Olympian level players, basically, yep. you know what I mean? Cause Willie Nylander would be on team Sweden. So we're, mm-hmm. we're full of Olympian level players that he hasn't worked with and everyone else that he has worked with, he has had a, a winning pedigree with these guys. They're used to winning with him. He's used to winning with them. And then and now we're going to surround ourselves with all-star fucking players to fill up the rest of the team. Let's not forget as well that uh, Sheldon Keefe has run. He runs practices. He runs sessions in training camp, and he has for quite a few years now. And he also coaches the other team when they do those split squad nights with Ottawa. So he yep. takes the takes the road team in those situations. Oh, nice. So he has had more interaction with probably everyone, everyone on the roster than, than we might immediately think. I love it. Yep. It's going to be a thing of beauty. I'm really excited to see how they play tomorrow. Well, buddy, um, any closing thoughts here? We've gone on and on. Really glad that we it's, were able to bring you back on, buddy. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was that was good. Definitely wasn't expecting to be calling into the pod talking about Sheldon Keefe tonight. I was expecting that the, like this this uh, episode was gonna have to wait until after the season. I know. Or, <laughs> hell, even like even the new year, if anything. Like, Dude, that was so, the easiest way out for me. I was like, oh, what do I tell him? Okay, uh, you can come on whenever Babs gets fired. How's that? <laughs> yep, and, then, and there you go. Axe. Just just like that today. Uh, honestly, don't have much of a closing statement. Just. Uh, uh, go Leafs, go fucking play hockey and do it the way you're supposed to. Right on. Okay, well, buddy. the game buddy. tomorrow night. Fucking right. All right, man. All right, we'll thanks for having soon. me again, boys. Much appreciated. Hey, thanks take care, a lot, Alex. Yep, later, boss. Well, there it is. Another little little impromptu combo. That was pretty funny that we had him on the Bob's line. Bob's is great, man. He's, he should be a regular. You don't need special once in a, every four-year events to bring him on. When no. are you going to bring him on next when Sheldon gets fired? No, but the, <laughs> the thing was, the whole thing was, was that we just, we had, just him. had him. We right, just right. had him. And then we it. had Mark right after, and then we're going right back to the well with Alex. But it was just a funny way for me to be like, listen, man, I do want to have you back on because the episode we had didn't have our uh, best quality. But 
kind of strange to just throw it throw it at you. And let's go again. We would have had nothing to talk about as far as the Leafs are concerned if we recorded this podcast tonight or tomorrow. What were we going to talk about? We already went over this. We weren't going to have anything to talk about. So yeah, let's bring him on and not talk about a goddamn thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, know? so it was funny because earlier today I'm thinking like, oh well, we haven't really talked yet today, so maybe we won't do it until tomorrow. And I'm like, hey, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking. There's more time for Babcock to get fired. Yeah, that's what you said. And of course, <laughs> as soon as it happens, we got we got to rush and do it. And you know, I we I did have I wasn't super looking forward to it like we talked about earlier because of how the Leafs had played recently. It was so fucking frustrating to watch, and I was really yeah. trying to bulk up on other stories so we didn't just have to like. Um, wallow in our, our sorrows here about what's been going on. I mean, six six game losing streak. I know. Streak. Yeah. When's the last time they lost six six straight games? I don't even know. I think they said it on the well, broadcast. We're in fucking but... horror check territory. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it wasn't going to be pretty because I I had just proclaimed my epiphany to you not that long ago that I was sick and tired of the negativity. The only way to avoid it would be to stop talking about it because there was nothing positive to say, and it was getting into that territory. Did you watch Dangles? Uh, most recent LFR after no, day, after the Vegas. No, it's telling, like it's moving. Huh? I'll he's have just to check that out. He's done. Yeah. Like I'm looking at the screen and I'm like, it's me. There That's was a, me right there. There like, was a good one I read the other day too. I think it was uh, uh, Mike Stevens. There it was, it was just called uh, "So We're Done Here," right? It was a really good take on on how. Oh, I he did believe it was the end. I did see that. That yeah. was a really well written article. Check it. Check it out. Uh, I forget what he writes for. Is it the Leafs Nation or? I think you're right. I, should, I don't want to fuck it up. So I think you might be stop right. Trying though. to guess. Yeah, but anyway, I remember what you were. I remember the article you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, you know, watch with a critical eye because is we're going to see this team evolve before our eyes for better or for worse. And I think you know there is a certain level of confidence that the talent is there and this team is obviously way better than than what we've seen we know this it's 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 almost fact yeah of it's course. just whether or not the you know the on ice product improves i don't know man it's really uh are we wrapping up yeah let's wrap it up we're right, good we'll wrap it up the what i think um is that the players themselves are excited no i'm sure they they should be and it it's nice it's a pretty drastic way to inject some excitement into a dressing room yeah i don't disagree i'm not saying it's the greatest uh way to change things but i you know i've been saying for a long time you have agreed other people have agreed or 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 vehemently disagreed but the the time for a change was now and now was getting to the point where it was too late. So I'm really glad Alex was talking about being a little shocked about pulling the trigger in the middle of the road trip. But like you and I talked about prior to airing Lesko, they couldn't risk this continuing on for very much longer. He would have made it through the road trip at least if they didn't lose in the fashion they lost on Saturday night. I would agree. Especially yeah. after a you know a reasonable effort they competed for the most part in that game against boston yeah you know i i I wasn't shocked that they lost obviously disappointed but i was at least walked away from that being like okay it looks like they picked it up here a little bit well we're gonna see them pick it up and i think it's gonna start as early as tomorrow night calling it right now kessel with a berry matthews with at least two 
boys are going to go off and probably win a 5-2 game, but handily. Handily (laughs) 5-2. That's what I'll say. Right on. I'll take it. Well, thanks for joining us on this emergency podcast here on the Pucks and Deep Podcast. We'll see you again next week, hopefully after a couple of Leaf W's.